Welcome to the Patriot Pride Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Josh Elverson from 3rd Brigade Public Affairs. Today's show features interviews with Captain Yernes about holiday safety, Captain Avril about the 710th PSB toy ruck, and lastly, First Lieutenant Schilling and Sergeant Garcia will be here to talk about their experiences at the Combined Arms Live Fire Exercise, or CALFEX. joined by Captain Jared Viernes, and he's here to talk to us about holiday safety, winter safety, things to do on your trip, and basically all things safety. He is the brigade safety officer, and he's the expert. Let's get right into it. What are some tips for people who are traveling as they go on block leave and stuff like that for the holidays? Okay, so make sure you're definitely pre-planning your route. Check the weather ahead of time and drive appropriately. Make sure you have everything you need in case your vehicle accidentally breaks down. Uh, You don't want to be stuck in the middle of the mountains without blankets in case you do break down. Make sure you have a hard copy of a map. Everybody has GPS and stuff these days, but sometimes those break down. So if you have a hard copy of a map, that's a good pace plan. Driving-wise, make sure that you have either your chains or studded tires if they're required. A lot of people with four-wheel drive vehicles don't get those sort of things, and they really, really need to. Four-wheel drive doesn't mean that they can stop immediately. So obviously drive more slowly when snow and ice is on the ground as it will have a slowing effect on your stopping. And holiday times is when you're going to have the most vehicles on the road. So make sure that you try to avoid those peak driving times and to still try to drive during the day. What kind of tips do you have for people doing activities, you know, during vacation and stuff like that? Okay. Uh, Well, you got a lot of skiing and snowboarding, doing sleds stuff like that during the winter times. Just make sure that you're wearing all your proper protective equipment and make sure you don't go alone in case you are injured. Also make sure that someone else knows wherever you go with a group of people in case you guys get stuck for some reason. And then obviously drinking and conducting activities like that is uh, a mixture for getting injured. So avoid drinking. Okay, so uh, what are some just general holiday tips, you know, all the things that could be going on during the holidays? Okay, so Christmas trees, a lot of people have those. If you have a live Christmas tree, just know that it is a potential fire hazard. I've had one catch on fire before, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you know. Just make sure that you keep the tree watered so it doesn't dry out because that'll increase the hazard. Also, they have these smoke detector balls that you can put on your tree and it looks like an ornament, but it'll go off if there's a fire. Also, mistletoe is pretty commonly used during the holiday seasons. It it is a poisonous plant and sometimes kids and pets try to eat them. So just make sure you're aware of that. Lights. Christmas lights. So this is another big electrical fire hazard. Make sure any lights that you buy are with built-in electrical systems are underwriters laboratories listed. This is like, it'll say UL on the light itself. And it's basically the worldwide safety standard for lights. Okay. Also check your lights for any broken sockets or frayed cords or loose connections and replace them if they do have that. Do not check them with them plugged in. Make sure you check it before you plug it in. Something else that people tend to do is they'll uh, daisy chain a whole bunch of lights together. The more you put on there, the more amperage it, it draws. 
and it becomes a, a fire hazard. So don't uh, daisy chain more than three lights together and make sure that if you're using just a single outlet, you don't go beyond that three. Another thing is we often put lights outdoors. So make sure that any electrical connections are put above the water line. So off the ground, because if you have it down below and there's rain or snow or whatever, then it's a, it's another fire hazard. When you're hanging up light, you can go ahead and use a nail to wrap it around, but don't put the nail through the middle of the light because then you're, you can likely fray it or cause another fire hazard. So cooking, this is another big thing that families like to do. Turkey, ham, what have you. It's a big, you get your whole family together and you, you often do cooking. So for a turkey specifically, you wanna make sure that you completely defrost the turkey in the fridge. If you defrost it at room temperature, then there's gonna be bacteria that grows on it. So don't do it outside of the fridge. Also, it, a lot of people don't know if you put a frozen turkey into a fryer, <laughs> it will cause the turkey to explode. Yes. So definitely don't do that. For stuffing and stuff that you have on it, if you put it inside the body of the, the body cavity of the turkey, chances are good that you won't cook it all the way through. So it's recommended that you either put it in the skin of the turkey or you cook it separately. Ideally cook it separately. Okay. Children, all right. A lot of times children like to uh, help out with the cooking, uh, which is fine. Just make sure that they're always supervised because it only takes a minute for them to get a knife or something hot. I got, you know, a bunch of toddlers around and I know that <laughs> from... Absolutely. Yeah. Oven doors. So whenever you're cooking with an oven, make sure that you close the oven door as soon as you pull out whatever you have and make sure you set it up on something that is safe. So don't put it on like wood or something like that. So for people who are traveling, I know a big concern is, you know, what can they do with their homes to feel safe? You know, I know I've had people maybe try to get in my home when I come back and you can tell just what are some tips about that type of stuff? Yeah, so just make sure that before you leave, you lock everything up in the house, windows, doors, whatever, just double check on your way out. And all your electrical appliances and stuff like that, either turn them off or unplug them, turn off your lights, stuff like that. Another good tip is if you have somebody that you trust, like a neighbor that you trust, is to provide them a key in case something happens while you're gone. Uh, they can get in and take care of it for you, or if, you know, for some reason you're not able to get in, then they, they have that key. Okay, yep. Hey, I appreciate you giving all these safety tips. I know to some people it sounds like a safety brief, but it is all good information that we do need to be aware of. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Right. Hey, thank you. joined by Captain Jonathan Averill, the 710th BSB chaplain. He's here to talk to us about the upcoming toy rock. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here and <laughs> give him a chance to talk about a toy rock. Okay, uh, so for those who've never heard of it, what is the toy rock? Well, this is the second year we've done this. The toy ruck is something that we've handled within our battalion. My predecessor, Chaplain Foxworth, was the one who started it. And from what I understand, I had this is my first year doing it, it's the chance for a couple soldiers, what will end up happening is they'll go on a four mile ruck march and they'll carry the toys that they're gonna give in 
for the soldiers that have expressed the need uh, toys for their children. What do you hope the soldiers get out of this or participating in the room? Well, I think it helps the soldiers kind of give back to their own. I think a lot of times it's easy to give to a charity because you don't really see the results, but here they can know that there are soldiers within their own battalion that are being taken care of. Yes, that's very true. So then why is it important to give to others during this season? I know, you know, obviously like do a year round, but this season kind of brings that out in people. Well, I mean, I think everyone saw the uh, great, uh, the Christmas tale, especially Ebenezer Scrooge and all that stuff. But I think a lot of times people, it's a chance, especially, and speaking early as a, you know, as a Christian chaplain, obviously we give because of the gift that was given to us through Christ. But I think in the larger perspective, we see that it's a chance for people to give to those because you, we don't think about a lot of people those years, and especially at this time, this is their big chance to really think about things they can, uh, people in need, and it is a time that a lot of people are familiar. It doesn't matter what their faith perspective is, they're familiar with giving gifts to each other, and so there's a chance to, for, to help out the less fortunate. Absolutely. What kind of impact does this have, you know, on Fort Polk, you know, any communities involved, families and stuff like that? I would say it's an example to the Fort Polk. I think one of the things that we're seeing is within our battalion, we're seeing people that not only are they giving gifts to people within the battalion, but it also encourages them to give to other people outside the battalion, outside the brigade, and out into the larger community. Because one of the big things that's also going on simultaneously is the Audie Murphy toy drive, and we're seeing a lot of people that are interested in that as well. So then, just uh, to go over, when exactly is the Ruck March, the time and location? You know, people like to come out and watch. I know, mm-hmm. I know I've seen last year they had like Christmas lights and stuff. It was kind of like an event. So for those who are wondering. Yes, it's going to be Monday, the 12th of December, and we're going to start. We're having our force formation at 0615, and we'll be going down the uh, one-way roads, down the two miles, and then coming back the opposite side of the one-way roads. And what will end up happening is we'll look to be done by 745. Okay, so it'll be a Christmas show for the guys who are doing PT, right? Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Chaplain Everill, I think that's all we have time for today. Uh, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. We look forward to the event. Thank you very much for your time. All right, I'd like to welcome to the podcast First Lieutenant Austin Schilling and Sergeant Marcus Garcia. They are from Alpha Troop 389. Lieutenant Schilling is a platoon leader, and Sergeant Garcia is a well, he's a team leader, but he acted as a section leader uh, during the recent Calfax. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right. Hey, guys, so let's get right into it. For Lieutenant Schilling, what was your role in the event? I know you're the platoon leader, but more specifically, what's that mean? For this CalFEC specifically, we were tasked to be in a zone recon, which is essentially a movement from point A to point B, conning either a route. In this case, it was a route. So whether that be you know sharp turns or tight alleyways, bridges, anything that would impede movement for the forces behind us, because as scouts were, were out in front of the main body so we are the brigade commander's eyes forward so as a platoon specifically our platoon was tasked with a screen in the northern sector of our area of operation moved from west to east to set up a screen line which would inevitably allow 
an infantry, our infantry troop from adjacent to us. Uh, we're conducting a area recon, which is a specific site. Uh, they'd be reconning in front of us so that we would allow them to come back behind us and do what's called a rearward passage of lines. And then we'd move back and allow follow-on forces to conduct a final attack on the enemy moving in. That's probably the nuts and bolts breakdown of exactly what our task was out there. Sergeant Garcia, what was your role in that as well? So adjacent with my PL and the rest of off section, I was in charge of Bravo section maneuvering through a route as well as the whole platoon. I was in charge of making sure that Bravo section bypassed any obstacles and got to every battle position correctly and uh, on time for every phase line that occurred. Sergeant Garcia, we'll stay with you. What was the experience like? You know, I know we spoke before. You said, you know, you've done it as a soldier. This is your first time doing it in a leadership level. So, yeah, Roger, so this was my first time actually being a truck commander, actually, for a CalFex exercise. I'm usually playing the role of the dismount or a gunner. So it was a little bit more, obviously, more responsibilities in my part. I had to... Make sure Bravo section was all up with BDA when we got into contact. Had to make sure my gunners had to do fire calls. And the biggest thing that I took out of it mostly is making sure that I'm actually a, a normal team leader back here in Garrison. But when we played Calfax, we I was assigned section leader. So it was a big step from team leader to section leader normally how responsibilities and roles go so i got a good good feel of what my next job position is going to be okay absolutely tennis Schilling, the same question to you what was the experience like overall i i thought it was a really good exercise for the platoon in you know for a platoon that you know hasn't been put together hasn't conducted a full uh combined arms live fire exercise before with all the leadership that we have you know coming back recently from afghanistan we're all kind of trying trying to get all our ttps in order so you know TTPs meaning everything that we do uh, that becomes more habit than than actual planning. So planning prior to, but execution wise, it was it was cool to see the coordination of assets. Uh, cool being a bad word there, but you know very very synchronized. Thought it was very fluid for all of our runs that we had to do. So I I thought it was a good exercise for especially for the young guys now getting to see it immediately coming in. And it was pretty cool. I was out there. So. Yeah. What was your biggest challenge as being your first time in that spot? Well, I guess biggest the biggest overall challenge is probably not necessarily understanding intent. We understand intent with the synchronizations of assets and what our role is as a part of the overall exercise. But I think the, the biggest challenge is going into something new that you haven't done before and not really knowing what to expect, how much, you know, how many curveballs are going to get thrown at you, for example. So trying to prep for contingencies kind of becomes a, a pretty big deal but for me after after the fact you know you always stress prior to an event I think once we got to the end it was pretty pleased with performance of the platoon and overall of our troop so what's the next step for you know your platoon for your troop you know as far as training you know a lot of prep coming up where do you go from here i think each platoon specifically and then the troop overall have identified you know what they need to work on from ars following each run we had leading up to whether it be we'll have another gunnery here shortly in the late winter early spring to re requalify crews so direct fire engagements was a big thing that we took away from for our platoon is synchronizing basically fires and making sure you're in essence talking guns with with all the trucks but as well i think prep for those events coming up whether that be the gunnery or the next calfex i think the the time we have you know we got to take take as much of it and run with it as we can so that we can make sure these guys are fully prepped so it's going to be crucial here in january okay sergeant garcia for you so what was your biggest takeaway from this entire thing 
Well, so the biggest takeaway that I had during the whole uh, exercise of CalFix was that um, now I know better understanding of where we're at as a platoon and our deficiencies. Some of those AARs were the best AARs I've had since I've been in the Army. Now I know what we have to work on as a platoon, and now I know if something ever bad, or not per se bad, but something ever happens to one of the section leaders that are in the role right now, if something goes wrong with that, I'm ready to step up to be the next section leader. So okay, gave me a good feeling of uh, confidence. Tennis Schilling, same question to you. Similar lines, biggest takeaway, well, even just specifically to Sergeant Garcia, seeing someone else be able to step up into that role and, and execute was, was a good sign, seeing that, you know, section leaders are teaching their team leaders to be, to step up to that next level and then, vice, you know, as well. He, Sergeant Garcia as a team leader is teaching his soldiers to be able to step up into that team leader role. So seeing that and as well, kind of any, you know, any small curveballs that were thrown at the platoon, whether it be in planning or, you know, short changes right before comms going down, it seems like we're always, we're pretty uh, flexible organization. I know that's overused in the organization as a whole, but being flexible um, for our troop and, and platoons is is kind of the, the strong point for us. So that's that's what I really took away was that no matter what gets thrown at us, we're, we're easily able to adapt to it. Okay, yeah, hey, that's all good information. Hey, guys, thanks for giving us your time and tell us about the CalFix. It was a great event. Uh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the show, Patriots. That's all we have time for today. Hope everyone enjoys some much-needed time off in the coming weeks and that those traveling make it to and from their destinations safely. The next show won't be available until after the holidays and the new year. This one and all previous episodes are available on the Brigade Facebook and Twitter pages, as well as on SoundCloud and the Apple iTunes Store. Have a great day.